You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. You're listening to The Ensemblist, Broadway's original podcast. I'm Mo Brady. Here I am. The Band's Visit is one of those Broadway musicals that does not have an ensemble, per se, but in which every actor is working together to present a cohesive point of view. Yes, there are leading roles and supporting roles in the show, but more than in most musicals, the entire company of actors, musicians, and actor-musicians create a mood, a feeling, and a sense of place. And so we honor the remarkable run on Broadway with this episode featuring some of our favorite stories about The Band's Visit. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over the show's run on Broadway, the ensemblist has been given a unique insight into the show's creative process. Earlier this year, Georgia Bood wrote a remarkable blog for us about actor-musicians and the theatrical magic that can happen when artists with that unique skill set are employed. Here again, in his own words, is Georgia Bood. In defense of instrumental music in the American theater, as utilized by performers as a means to heighten, expand, and develop character and story visually and orally on stage. By George Aboud. As the old saying goes, when you can't keep it in, you speak. When it's too much to speak, you sing. When it's too much to sing, you dance. Perhaps, when it's too much for all that, you play... I find myself these days walking the tightrope between two worlds as the only actor-musician in the Broadway production of The Band's Visit. In playing the character of Kamel, 
violinist for the Alexandria Ceremonial Police Orchestra, I would like to offer my thoughts on what the show does through instrumental music as utilized by characters to advance the ways in which we storytell. The theater almost seems to be an art form created to verbalize music. Only through music can we express most purely and most directly what is incommunicable inside of us, and only through music can another receive, instantly, everything we are going through. They couldn't possibly comprehend it all, but they can receive it. If the voice that comes out of your mouth is that of your head and your heart, perhaps the voice that comes out of a musical instrument is that of your guts. Perhaps we are always trying to get at these gut feelings when making something in the theater, but the means by which performers attempt to summon these deepest truths seem to have been limited to a few core abilities, the human speaking and singing voice, and the human body in stillness and in motion. The logical next step, it seems to me, is the use of musical instruments by performers, those who are integral to the storytelling of a particular piece. For what more pure extension of the human body and voice could there be than a musical instrument? Here we'll group this kind of performer into two categories. One, actor-musicians, here defined as actors who play music in service of their acting. And two, musician-actors or onstage musicians, Musicians who are made part of the physical storytelling on stage. The use of actor musicians and onstage musicians, prevalent in the American theater in the last two decades, has already seen much success. So why has this new form not yet received the universal acceptance as of singing and dancing? The disconnect seems to lie within the following. One, acting is one thing and playing an instrument entirely another thing, and these two separate art forms cannot merge. Two, unfamiliarity. Many individuals' association with instruments in the theater is usually offstage, not onstage. Those who play instruments are in the orchestra below, or pipe through speakers, or elsewhere, rarely visible. Three, instrumental music, like dance, is a wordless expression, and people can feel disconnected by something they do not readily comprehend. Four, there are not as many actors that play instruments proficiently as there are those who can sing and dance. Those dismissive of this form fail to grasp the huge breadth of a musical instrument's onstage theatrical range. How the instrument itself can become its own character, or an extension of a character, or a connection between characters, when actually made present on stage. The pluck of a string, a long bowed note, the dryness of a reed, the sensuality of a brass instrument, can often echo what a character is going through what they're feeling in their bones, what they can't seem to put into words, better than any other expression. Let us take, for example, the dinner scene in The Band's Visit, in which Andy Polk, playing the character of Avram, sings the beat of your heart. Love starts on a downbeat Love starts when the music starts Love starts when the tune is sweet 
And you lift your feet to the beat of your heart. He tells the two Egyptian officers in his daughter's home that he, like them, also plays in a band. And what do you know? He's a violin player, just like my character, Kamel. Through the song, Avram connects with Kamel, talking about music being this pulse in his chest, this food of love. And during the song, my character is moved to the point of making a statement. For Kamel, a man who is guarded, suspicious, and nervous, he would not sing something back to Avram, and he would not bust out into some sort of dance. He would not even respond verbally. No, he could do nothing else but speak through his violin. The violin then becomes an extension of the acting. And so, what better storytelling device could there be to connect these two strangers than for my character to bust out a violin and rip through an improvised solo played upon the same music that Andy's character has created? In this case, the violin is the only means by which Kamel could actually penetrate the heart and memory of the man who began the song. of playing the instrument in this case heightens the storytelling in several ways. It is a visceral way of bringing these two strangers together, of propelling the character of Avram into a more vulnerable and emotional place by triggering his own memories of playing, of advancing the song, and also, for the first time, showing that music is the common language of these two differing cultures. This, to me, could not have been accomplished as strongly, as dramatically, if I, the actor, couldn't actually play the violin and play it live in that moment. The scene would be less without it. The musical instrument takes the storytelling to that next level, and the need for an actor-musician here is essential. to the theater because we want to be in the presence of the event. The effect is overwhelmingly different. Hearing the human voice is one experience. Seeing the body it comes out of while hearing it is an entirely different one. Same goes with instrumental music. Where is the person? Where is the breath coming from? Where are the hands? Where is that part of the story? While I feel appreciation of this form is not fully here yet, I do believe it's coming. And I believe that the band's visit will be part of the journey of bringing greater prominence, specificity, 
integrity, and interest to musical instruments functioning in this way on stage. In a story about music, about instruments, about a culture defined by its music and poetry, it is only common sense to make sure that the instruments are a central part of the statement. But how you use them within that form, that is everything. Thank you, George. Now, as the band's visit was preparing for its Broadway opening, the ensemblist had a unique look inside the creative process. Cast member Sharon Sai sent us weekly voice memos from the rehearsal room, detailing how the show was developing and changing from their off-Broadway run at the Atlantic Theater Company the previous fall. While those voice memos resulted in three separate episodes that we shared in 2017, we've compiled some of our favorite moments into a supercut segment for you now. Taking us back in time to the show's route towards opening night, here's Sharon Saig. Hey there, this is Sharon Saig. I play Anna in the band's visit, and I'm coming to you from New 42nd Street Studios. Today is Saturday, September 9th, and we just finished week one of rehearsal. We just started at the beginning of the show, and we revisited, you know, blocking and dialogue and all that stuff that we had done downtown at the Atlantic, and kind of discussed how we wanted what we wanted to keep what we wanted to change for this new run at the Barrymore it was really cool you know you don't often get a chance to do a show uh close it and then get to revisit and kind of refine um so it's we're kind of in a lucky position that we got to do it before off Broadway and now we're transferring to Broadway and we get to fix things we wanted to fix and change things and make them better and make them unique and um rehearsal this week was really really cool it was and it was awesome because we all were already kind of such a family. So it was just like coming back home, which was really special. My favorite moment of the week is a roller skating rehearsal. There's some roller skating in the show, which is super fun. We're kind of adding on to it for this production. And we're kind of extending it a little bit. So we played around with all this different kind of movement we can do on roller skates. And so that was a really fun day of rehearsal with our choreographer, Patrick McCollum. And uh, I think that's going to be really fun for audiences to see because you don't get to see that every day on a Broadway stage. <laughs> and I'll travel along the guiding breeze. It is Saturday, September 17th, 2017, and we just finished week two of rehearsal. Friday, we started the day with an hour of Gaga. So Gaga is a movement language developed by Ohad Naharin. He's this Israeli choreographer, dancer. Started this dance company called Batsheva, which is kind of a very big dance company in Israel. So Ohad developed this movement language called Gaga, and it's kind of a way of gaining knowledge and self-awareness through your body. So it's not only something that started in Israel, and our piece takes place in Israel, so it's obviously appropriate, but it's also just an incredible way of um, exploring your body and exploring how you can tell stories through your body and opening yourself up. Um, it's really beautiful. Um, I think it really gets the entire cast in their body, and it connects us all, and it just allows us to be free and open up and warm up and be loose and just be ready for the show, which is really cool. 
Today is Saturday, September 23rd, 2017, and we just finished week three of rehearsal, our last week in the studio. Thursday, we had our sits probe, which is always my favorite day of the rehearsal process. So sits probe is the first time that the entire band and orchestra and the entire cast gets to sing and play together and hear each other. Because um, usually in rehearsal, um, sometimes you just rehearse with a piano. Sometimes you rehearse with a piano and drums. It depends on every show. Sometimes there's a little bit more of the band in the rehearsal room. But usually the orchestra rehearses separately and the actors um, and singers rehearse separately. And then on the sits probe day, everybody comes together. So you get to hear the musical arrangements and the band gets to hear the singing. And it's so exciting and so fun. And um, our amazing, amazing composer, David Yazbek, you know, once he hears everything together, he sometimes may change somebody's vocal line or he may change um, a part in the orchestra, which he did quite a bit. And it's really cool to watch him work. I'm coming to you this time from the Barrymore Theater, which is where we're gonna be showing on Broadway, which is really exciting. Oh, we completely restaged the opening number this week. So if you saw it in the first week of previews and you saw it in the second week of previews, you saw a different opening number, or you saw a different staging for the opening number, which is pretty crazy. Um, I don't know if we're gonna change it again or not, but we'll see. Um, we also, we took one character out of one scene, which I won't, I won't give away which one, but that was a big change that we did this week. What was really special for me this week is I met a couple people at the stage door that were um, either in their teens or in their early 20s, so younger um, performers, basically, of Middle Eastern descent, a bunch of different countries, a lot of Israeli kids. I met a girl from Palestine. I met a girl from Syria. They loved the show, and they were saying how special it was for them to see themselves on stage on Broadway for the first time. And that was so wonderful for me to hear because when I was growing up, I, you know, I, I loved Broadway. I loved theater. And I never really saw anyone on Broadway necessarily who was of, of my ethnicity um, or who looked necessarily like me. But I didn't even know that I was missing it in a way, you know. But it was just really cool to hear the experience of these kids that are coming to see the show and hear what it was like for them to see this show that is set in the Middle East and to hear Hebrew and Arabic on stage. So that's been really special. My dreams, my beloved, lies beside me. When the sun lights the room, I find it's only We just had our opening night. Oh my God, it was so great. I got to the theater really early and there were like so many gifts on the dressing room table, which was so nuts. It was so sweet. Um, all of our producers and our creative team members and our other cast members, everybody gave each other these beautiful, funny and heartwarming gifts. And then um, we did the show, which was crazy. We had a couple little even snafus during the show, which was pretty funny, but... Um, you know, everybody there on opening night was so supportive, and it actually, I think, made the show even better. There was this one moment in the um, Dina's apartment scene where Ari, who plays Khaled, and Tony, who plays Tofik, are eating watermelon with Katrina, who plays Dina. And I guess the watermelon slipped out of Ari's hand and it fell on the floor. And he stayed in character, they all stayed in character, and he, like, picked up the watermelon and kept eating it, but it had left, like 
a lot of water on the floor. And so Tony, who plays Tofik, took a napkin and like gave Ari a kind of like a terrible look, like, why'd you just do that in character and swept it and then wiped it up. And Ari kind of gave him a look like, what? What do you want from me? Also in character. And uh, the audience like totally laughed and was with us. And it was really great. And I think uh, it made the show even more enjoyable, which was fun. And then after the show, we had a party at the Copacabana, which was super fun. It was across the street. And it was really, really special for me to have my parents there. Um, Not only has it been my dream since I was a child to be on Broadway and to be in an original cast and, you know, the special for my parents to see me realize that dream, it also was even more special because my parents moved to Los Angeles from Israel and they raised my sisters and I in, in Los Angeles to see me fulfill my dream, not only on Broadway, but in a show that takes place in Israel, is about our culture, is about, you know, the two sides of my Israeli culture, which is, you know, there are so many Arab Jews in Israel, and I'm, my family is one of them, we're Iraqi Jews. All these Jews moved to Israel um, after World War II. You know, that's a big part of my life. It's been a really big part of my life growing up, and it's kind of always something that wasn't really a part of my professional career because it didn't really have a place in American musical theater and because of this show it now does so that's been really really special for me to not only work on this show but to have my parents there on opening night and then at the party we had this amazing Arabic band um, our one of our drummers Osama he also plays in a band and so his band came and played they were playing all this music in Arabic and my parents knew all the words and they were just in heaven and they <laughs> my dad turned to me and was like I can't believe this is an opening night of a Broadway show, and this is the music they're playing. And I said, I know. And he's like, I feel like this is one of our family weddings. I said, I know, this is so crazy. Um, And my agents were also there, Jamie and Justin from Clear Talent Group, and we danced all night, which was super fun. And they were like, this is the best opening night party ever. We never get to dance at opening nights. It's always very, like, schmoozy and talky with people, which is fun. But this was, like, a party, and that was really cool. Special thanks to Georgia Boot and Sharon Saig for sharing their stories of the band's visit with us over the years. The Ensemblist was produced today by me, Mo Brady. You can help others find out about The Ensemblist by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can also download episodes wherever you get your podcasts or at theensemblist.com. Follow The Ensemblist on Instagram to see the latest posts from our website, where we are sharing the stories of talented artists working in theater ensembles. And you can let us know what you think of this episode. Slide into our DMs or email us at info at Thanks for listening. Until next time.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 